Hey folks, Andrew here. Uh, I'm not uh, telling pins this time. This is me just introducing you to the episode. Uh, you're about to hear me go on a long tangent about how we don't know how old we are, uh, and then we laughed it off and said that we're turning four. We're not. We're turning five. Uh, this is our, our fifth year of existence as a podcast. Uh, we are old enough that we forget how old we are. So thank you for these wonderful years and uh, enjoy the show. I'm sorry we completely botch our intro, but we also don't have an introduction to the show without it. So take it away, Marn and Andrew. Hi everyone, I'm Andrew. I'm Mart. And this is the Argonauts Podcast. Normally every two weeks I'd fail to solve an ARG and Marn would tell me what to do instead. But this time's gonna be a little bit different. Uh we are officially done with year three. Every time an anniversary comes up, I my mind blanks on how to describe what we just did. It's the third anniversary, the fourth anniversary. How does how does time uh... work, Marn? Yeah, hold on. I I forgot how old we were earlier today, and I never (laughs) quite managed to do the math. I think it is Um, we have finished year three, and we are going into year four. Yes, that's correct. I'm pretty sure. My my brain, uh, that is the third anniversary. The problem is that a couple anniversaries ago, I got that mixed up and said that we have officially turned three, but we were going into our third year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can never remember ever since then. yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like it's like a birthday. Like you're finished being three, and now you're starting to be four. I guess. Right, but that's when you turn you turn three that year when you start to go into your fourth year. Okay, no, no, no you're right. Isn't I might have this wrong, but I think that Korea measures your birthday differently. Really. I believe, okay, I don't want to get this wrong on a podcast, but I think I read an article. Uh, yeah, so there's like a whole, a, a Korean age that is different uh, because according to 90daykorean.com, uh, Korean age is the way that South Koreans calculate their age. It's always one or two years more than your international age. South Koreans consider a year in the womb as counting toward their age, so everyone is one year old at birth. Everyone gets one year added to their Korean age on New Year's Day. South Korea is the only country that practices this. this also, South Korea and, South Korea and the Argonauts podcast. We're turning five now. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, this sounds familiar. I've definitely like heard of that before. <laughs> I think that they were, they, they've like, yeah, in this year, they are changing it just to say like, on official documentation, you have to list your international age, not your Korean age, to avoid confusion on like it forms. That makes which sense. Which is how I, which is, I, I heard about it because I saw a headline that was like every South Korean person is about to turn one year younger, and I was like, <laughs> that's not how time works. <laughs> All of this is a long way to say uh, we're officially another year older. It was back at uh, back at. Um, uh, Valentine's Day of a year is when our first episode dropped, and uh, yeah, now we, we're back to it again. Uh, yeah. Thank you all for listening so long. It really means a lot. Yeah, 
every year, I think I said this last year, every year I'm like, this is this is it. This is the year that we run out of marks. <laughs> Somehow it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> Honestly, if we keep going at the rate that we get this year, uh, we never will run out of args. We were we were crunching the numbers earlier. This year uh, was a weird one because we did a lot of multi-part episodes. Yeah. We had Cry Store, Lost Experience, Find 815, uh, uh, Find the Lost Ring. Those were all like three to four episodes long. Mm -hmm. And so we've only covered like 11 arcs this year as opposed to our normal 16, 17, 18. Yep. Well, 12, but Andrew wasn't on one of the episodes. <laughs> old, what is it? Old bag? Old year? It doesn't count. <laughs> Old boy is not a real ARG in my mind. <laughs> I mean, the other the other good thing about this podcast is that, like, as we do more episodes and more multi-parters, more current args finish, and then we can cover them. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing, yeah, uh, we are, we're, we're here doing coverage of args, and we look off screen, and we just see, like, all of the arg creators. Uh, Alex Bale is standing just <laughs> off camera doing the stretch motion that they do for, uh, like, public television, so we're just yeah. here, like, I think that's gonna do it for this episode. Find the climax next week yeah exactly <laughs> me every week checking alex bale's youtube channel and sweating <laughs> now we got a lot of cool stuff to look forward to in this upcoming year uh but for now we want to take a little bit of time to to reflect on the past so Marn, I've got a couple questions for you uh, that came in from a bunch of people on uh discord on twitter uh, a couple through email and then we're going to do the the second annual. Uh, we called it the Argies last year. I don't know why we didn't call it March Madness. Um, did we possibly because we didn't do it in March last year? <laughs> you know, there's an answer. That's probably correct. <laughs> we still should have called it March Madness. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it wouldn't be the Argonauts if we didn't take every opportunity to say something completely unpronounceable uh, yeah. and say that this is our title for the week. So perfect. <laughs> well, before uh, we get to that, I got some questions for you, Marn. You ready? Yeah. So uh, first question that came in, this one came in through Discord uh, from Paddington that says, are there any ARGs you want a sequel to? Uh, I, I know that we always say, this is my Milwaukee. I'm going to keep it to this year. Are there any that we covered this year that you want to expand out? Ooh. Well, I know that Flavortown, like, has a sequel happening currently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, I want to say The Lost Experience, if only because I think it would be really funny for them to do a Lost ARG, like... <laughs> 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 over a decade after that show went off the air i i do love uh we've talked a bit in the past about doing like fanfic args and i i love the idea of just bringing it back i i i was gonna go with a similar answer of like i hope we get another inscription arg but mostly because of the implication of that means we're getting more inscription or another similar game uh-huh um yeah same with did they do anything for scream not that I have seen, because the new one just came out uh, last week. Did you see it yet? I have not. Um, we talked a little bit uh, 
in the Dead Teen House Party chat about, like, we all pick a day and go see it and then immediately, like, record a live reaction <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> and um, we might we may do that. I'm not sure yet. Okay. <laughs> I, I also might go see it this weekend because I thought about seeing it last weekend and then ran out of time and also the time change fucked, fucked me up. Um, but I might go see it this weekend. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I do like... I didn't think about it, but I do love the idea of doing like another lost ARG and just being like, hey, there's more stuff about the island. And you just get to watch people activate from yeah. like their old AV club days. And I uh I was thinking recently about like the show Lost truly hasn't like not that it hasn't aged well in the in the way that a lot of shows are like this hasn't aged well it's like mm-hmm. super homophobic and everything it just hasn't aged well in that like the show's not super great um but i've never seen anything that was as fun as being a lost fan while it was on the air and i wonder if an arg could capture that same spirit i absolutely agree i was just saying to Alyssa like a couple of days ago like the problem with rewatching Lost is that you have to rewatch Lost. Yes, a hundred percent. The problem with rewatching Lost is that all of the characters that you love are there, but also Jack is there. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I I did a rewatch around when that was happening, and I was like, boy, they they ran out of stuff to do with this guy real early. They build yeah. him up real hard in season one, and then they just spend the next four seasons kicking him while he's down, and they never build him back up again. It's surreal. Yeah, they sure don't. <laughs> to the point that there's like the flash sideways that's supposed to be like, here's how we break, like how we talk about like what this character would be off the island and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But he's, they invent a fake son for him. Because they've got nothing else to do yeah. with the character. Because <laughs> they're just like, well, he doesn't really want anything. He's just yeah. kind of around. Yeah. Yeah, don't watch Lost. Just Google season three Lost finale on YouTube and then you're good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, bring back a Lost ARG. I'll I'll go back in with more Oceanic 815, especially now that like they used the old ARGs as... A, as a sin eater to like say like look you want your lore here's your lore it's on the internet through a flash game um now that there's not a show that they have to like protect from lore uh they can just do whatever they want with it and so i'd say you know you can go wild yeah i i think it would be honestly very interesting for them to just like kind of get some creatives on it and be like okay like what unexplored aspect of the lore here do you want to just like take it to your own hands yeah even just we'll do a we'll do a riley hopkins of their amazing friends we're just gonna ignore everything that happened on the actual show yeah there's an island that exists Uh uh-oh a different plane lands on it (laughs) here we go (laughs) let's never say the word jacob and we're set god yeah exactly Uh, on a similar note, uh, Morgan at M Time Warp, who was on our uh, our wonderful uh, art the uh, the um Archily episode, uh, writes in and says, "If you could change the ending to any arg you talked about in the past year, what would you change? Do you have any oh, that were man. great but didn't stick the landing for you?" Oh God! In the past year, um, 
because while you're thinking about it, I'll say the Scream ARG, because uh, I, I liked a lot about the Scream ARG. Um, I like, I don't know. I think TikTok can be an interesting vector for doing an ARG. I have yet to see one that really feels like it's executed well. And I think it needs to be done like, um, you know, you got to do it like Lonely Girl, where you're like, we're going to build a TikTok account over time and just have an account that also has some weirdness. Um, but then it ends with the Scream kids getting stabbed by Ghostface off camera. And uh, I would want to see a more climactic, better ending because it than than the usual arg trap of well these characters aren't in the movie so they got to get got yeah i i agree with you i also think i would change the ending of i am sophie just because it like whiffs the ending so hard yeah it, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It just kind of like stopped and the creator was like well i've said all i need to say <laughs> <laughs> no more of that <laughs> Julia, the creator's like, I've said everything I need to say. And we're like, you haven't said anything. And he just yeah. flies off like tuxedo mask. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely a lot you could do with this the setup of I Am Sophie that really didn't get layered out. You're absolutely right. Yeah, and it, it, it felt like it was like almost building to like saying something about internet fame and like parasocial relationships so that it just kind of ended in like a wet fart <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah they also introduced the the perfect prank channel and then it just goes away and That's like true. boy they, like, that continuation would have been great yeah they they were like setting up a part two they like introduced a no, new point of view character and then we're like actually never mind we're done <laughs> everybody go home yeah we're going to raise a lot of questions haphazardly and then just call it a day. Yeah. Was she a robot? Was it a sex hologram? Who could say? Oh, oh I am Sophie. All right. Uh, I got another question coming in. Speaking of things that we're not sure if they're real or digital or what, uh, Nico writes in and says, if you had a choice between creating a fully IRL ARG, like the Jejun Institute, or a fully digital ARG, like Sexy Girl Max, which would you choose? Which would you rather play in? Oh, man. I, I, if, if I could pull it off, I would love to do some kind of IRL puzzle space, or I don't know what you would exactly call it like a step beyond an escape room. Uh -huh. um, something like Omega Mart that you see in Vegas or my ultimate dream would be like to buy a building in, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. I don't know, the suburbs somewhere or whatever, but like one of those like, you know, in a strip mall, you get like a building in the middle of the parking lots, you know? Yes. Um, buy one of those. And on the outside, it's like a coffee shop and a laundromat and something else. But then you open up the laundromat and you like go through a uh, a secret uh, uh, washing machine and it turns out that <laughs> there's like an actual escape room company inside. Oh, that's so cool. I, I would love to do like a speakeasy escape room scenario. And I think that that is something that I, you could try to pull off as a IRL ARG or as like a location for something like that. To do that, I would have to own real estate. Yeah. And that's uh -huh. not a level of, uh, it's not a level of funding that the podcast qu quite brings in yet. So. 
Also, I'd have to run a laundromat. So TikTok makes it look easy, but I don't know. Yeah, I uh, having having kind of run both or at least like real life ARG adjacent things like HVZ and having played both, I I like designing the IRL ones better because it's a little bit easier to structure your design when you have those restraints of like, okay, here's my space and mm-hmm. like here's the amount of time that people will be in this space and like that is what I have to work around. Um on the other hand, it is so much easier for things to go horribly wrong <laughs> when you're all there in a, occupying a space. <laughs> like, no one is mm-hmm. getting injured playing Sexy Girl Max 2019. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I having having run a um I'll say a fully digital well, actually no, because we had some physical yeah, props had- and, and I, I went to uh, I went to C2E2, but that yeah. was kind of a, a small a small event. But having designed a mostly digital ARG, I think that there's a lot of there's a lot of fun that goes into it, and a, you're able to spread things more indirectly in a way that's mm-hmm. neat. But I also kind of like the just the concreteness of a an IRL ARG. Um, there's something really cool about the fact that the Jejun Institute had a building that you went to. And had like a physical location that existed solely to do a game. That's like that's the that's the whole thing with an ARG, you know? That's the that a building you pass every day is actually part of some secret society. Yeah. Um there's there's something really cool about that. And I, I I think that I would if I had the opportunity, the budget, the XYZ to do uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. a fully um, a fully in-person ARG. I I think I would do that in a heartbeat. That'd be really cool to do. And I think that um, having something that it, it's inevitably on a smaller scale than something that you get to do digitally. But I think that that would be a really cool experience. Um, I yeah, I agree. And I think that like doing more tangible experiences like that and like kind of letting people explore like a, a real life space it makes it easier for like players to have really individualized experiences as opposed to mm-hmm. like digital where like everyone's working together and kind of like uncovering the same things at the same time and i don't know i think i i think there is something special about args that are fully in real life and um if if we had the budget i would absolutely do one <laughs> yeah marnie you can come crash at my place we'll run an ann arbor arg oh god the ann arbor <laughs> someone someone get at- gretchen whitmer get at me send me some funding um <laughs> uh, I ooh I I I wanted to talk about uh, one of Paddington's other questions, which is uh, what do you consider best practice for ARG archival, uh, yeah. and what would you consider the best archive documented ARGs? Um, best practices is such a such a question. I I have said very uh, very nice things about people who keep all of their stuff in like a really um, like well documented wiki. Uh, and I, I stand by that. I mm-hmm. I love a wiki that just has like a straight up uh, timeline of events that I can literally scroll down and like 
click into things. Um, I I like when things are in chronological order. Um, Google Docs are good for that too, um, but Wiki's kind of let you spread out more. Um, I really like the uh, the site that has the I Love Bees um, summary on it. I think it also had. Um, Is that Wiki Bruce? No, it's a uh, Wonder Weasels. It's just like a site that uh, one okay. specific person runs. Uh, it has uh, I Love Bees, and I think. Um, Do they also have Must Love Robots? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the other one. Uh, That's and, the one that I was going to call out, actually. Yeah. Yeah, and they have the also the Year Zero guide that we will eventually use. Spoilers. <laughs> um, <laughs> Someday. <laughs> Don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> Uh, I really like their layout. Um, I we can put it in the show notes for people who haven't like seen it, but they have basically like every every single page is like a chunk of time or like a week in in the game, and they have little um like drop downs after every paragraph or so that has like the in game artifacts that were found and like the puzzles and everything, and it's just such a clean layout. I really enjoy it. Yeah, I Wonder Weasels is the one that I was explicitly gonna gonna yeah. shout out as well. I do think that like the absolute best practice and the best way that I would say to lay out a um just to just to, to archive an arc um is on your own bespoke website that someone controls. Yes. Yep. Um and I know that there are risks that come with that of you have to pay for your own uh, your own hosting. You have to, you know, what happens if the site goes down? What happens if you're in a spot where you can't keep it up anymore? Um, there, there are a lot of like, there are a lot of uh, issues that go into holding it that way. And unfortunately, that's one of the reasons it's the best one is that <laughs> you have those problems because it is your own site that you control. You're not at the whims of the fandom wiki you're not at you know anyone else's whims you're not hosted through google who like to just pull the plug on things at a random notice you know um yeah i i really think that your own bespoke website's probably the best way to do it failing that i i guess um something like game detectives is an independent wiki uh more or less it's not a big unless i'm unless i'm vastly wrong, <laughs> a misunderstanding um it's like an independent wiki you know so they are using that wiki a technology but off of off of the like yeah, corporate yeah, yeah, yeah. wiki infrastructure um to me those are the best ways to do it it does make it a little harder to search sometimes i would mm-hmm. say but i think that you're going to have um more control over your own data that way and be able to host it in the formats that are going to be best suited for your game. Um, games are also different. It's hard to just say that there's one dedicated way that you should do it. But in the meta sense, that's how if, if every game that we covered had its own website, I'd be a I'd be a much happier person than I am. Yes, I agree. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. I also like I I also think that people should host things on their own sites because like a lot of the popular wiki like based services are bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they're just bad. Yeah, I don't want to look at a fandom page for too long. <laughs> Exa- yeah, exactly. And like there are 
guides out there for if your wiki is hosted on fandom for like migrating over to a different website (laughs) and if you are listening to this and if you host a a wiki on a fandom site i i urge you to look up those guides and reconsider (laughs) (laughs) um yeah if that is something that is feasible that's what i would always recommend um yeah but honestly that's just kind of how i feel about the website as a whole if you can have your own website uh you should do it and i know that i'm saying that uh very hypocritically as a person that doesn't have his own website um but i probably should because if i set one of those up i can launch my own that's where i can launch the anargber uh so uh you know hmm, now i'm thinking about things now i'm thinking about things things are cooking marn hell yeah um i i I do also want to give a shout out to uh serious play which is a serious play uwm on twitter which is a academic group that does like twitch streams where they critically discuss args and like oh, cool. actually pull stuff up on the on the stream it's very cool cool uh do you have more to say on this topic or can i use that as a as a springboard to another question oh absolutely springboard it all right Brian. Uh, speaking of other creators in the space, uh, Paddington on Twitter this time, not Discord, so a different Paddington, I'm going to say. Paddington 2. Um, no, it's the same Paddington. <laughs> no, I know. I know it is. Uh, in the first mailbag, you talked about the lack of queer creators in the space. Has that changed? Uh, to be clear, I think we're talking about like the the commentary space more mm-hmm. than actual, like our creators as a whole. Um do you think the show has influenced that or your awareness of it and or given more queer people a space to gather? And have you noticed any differences in queer led args versus others? I wouldn't, I wouldn't toot our own horns too loudly on that one. Um, <laughs> but I, I'm also going to leave this to you, Marn, because I, I'll be the first one to admit, I don't really keep up with the arg commentary space outside of uh, you telling me about an arg every two weeks. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I it's definitely increased my awareness of it. I think just like in kind of like networking in other arg spaces and like actually being able to dig into those spaces and meet people and like kind of being afforded the opportunity to discover those spaces as like someone who now very regularly looks for arg commentary. Um, I also don't want to toot our own horn too much, but, like, I do think that, like, we have encouraged some queer creators to, like, have a space together to talk about args and also to make their own args. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen stuff pop up in our Discord and people trying to start args, args in there. Yeah. I would def- yeah, I would definitely I would say that's definitely all my fault. Yeah. Um I'll give I'll give myself credit there. Uh do you have any like specific people you would shout out in the uh in the in the commentary creative space? Um yes. I well, specifically I was going to shout out uh the Vehemence server which is like a big uh, server of people doing like arg coverage and keeping up with different args. Um, I kind of like vaguely knew about them like uh, the first couple of years that we were doing stuff, but like this the past like 
eight-ish, six-ish months I've actually been in their server and kind of like lurking there and occasionally talking to people. Um, <laughs> and it's very cool. They they have just like an announcements channel that is specifically for like ARG coverage and like people covering ARGs. And um, that is how I found out about Serious Play and, um, and Ren who like runs Serious Play and is like actually writing like academic papers on args and like arg documentation um that i believe we may or may not be cited in actually come again i i, I think we may or may not be cited in an academic paper <laughs> hey mom i'm on tv <laughs> Um, I, I definitely want to bring them on as a guest eventually. I I we're like Twitter mutuals and I think that um that they have very interesting stuff to say about like arg archival stuff and like the, the arg space. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. Well cool. Um shall we move on to another question then? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Uh switching gears almost entirely. Uh Danny writes in and says if you could pick one NPC from an ARG you've covered this year to get their own spinoff series, who would it be? Oh. I don't remember his name, but I think that I want to hear the podcast of the Olympics guy. Oh, fuck. I was also going to say one of the guys from Pride the Lost Ring. I was going to say <laughs> the the office guy, uh, James. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who <laughs> <laughs> they, like, convinced to do a heel turn. <laughs> <laughs> I I also think uh inspired by the Scream ARG and by another question that we also got about um shared arg universes like we used to have with uh the Slenderverse stuff um I do like the idea of uh getting a true crime uh arg that is just like hi we're TikTok creators investigating the different people involved in different ARGs and being like, boy, there's a scream murder, but also there's a murder for this, uh, you know, the Dexter arg. Are they connected? Who could say? I don't know. Uh, Not that I'm actually saying this out loud. It sounds like it'd probably go very terribly, but <laughs> I think there's room for something interesting like that. Yeah, I I agree. I I'm trying to think of other characters, like memorable characters from args that we covered this year. Unfortunately, <laughs> I have a really bad memory for names. Cry yeah, I'm terrible with names. Crystor, we had a bunch of uh, very fun. Um, oh, I, I were they bees? The the yeah. weird the the weird people that unionized. Uh, I think that they could have some kind of spinoff or something. Um, that could work. I want to spin off about the Chris Torch intern, actually. Yes. I still yes, follow yes, yes. the the Chris Torch Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> we were at one point in talks to, for the uh, for them to be on Champs of the Making. <laughs> Oh my god. Which I still want to set up. <laughs> <laughs> well, get back to us. Yeah. Uh joking uh jumping to the question that I was kind of referencing before. Uh Toxic sends in shared arg universes seem to be a lost art in the modern arg scene. Of course they still exist and stuff is made for them every day, but if you ask an average arg fan, they might not know of or forgotten about things like the Slenderverse. Do you think they should come back? I, okay, I'm of two minds about this because uh -huh. I like when you find out that something on the internet that you have, like, seen in passing 
has like deep and incomprehensible lore. Uh-huh. <laughs> and you just kind of are like, oh, let me like look into this thing real quick and like turn over a rock and find like a million ants underneath. <laughs> <laughs> On the other hand, I was there at the height of Slenderverse stuff with all the crossovers, and that was a nightmare to keep track of because like every week characters would like show up in in the background of like an everyman hybrid video for 30 seconds and people would be like oh it's fucking like anthony and carl from this other web series and <laughs> this is an important plot point because like this is right before anthony gets murdered <laughs> it's like sure. i don't i don't care about that dude <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember there being a video that we watched for Everyman Hybrid where I did either I messaged you or we talked about it on the show where I was like, hey, does any of this matter to me? And you were like, not really. This is about another character from a mm -hmm. different Slenderverse series yeah. dying. I was like, oh, okay. Does it matter here? And you were like, not really, but they're friends. I I, I, I am not a big crossover person. Yeah. Um, and I'm also, I'm not a big... Ah, the deep and interconnected web of lore that we're we're weaving. Ooh, um, <laughs> that to me, I think, loses a lot of its magic. And I, I'm also, I think that a lot of like open universe stuff like that. I feel like, as as is all creation, I feel like for every good thing that gets created, there's like five things that are bad that get created too. You know? Yeah. Um, like if you look at the way that like the back rooms has developed uh -huh. um or a lot of like i think that shared universe horror is still alive and thriving you've got scp you've got back rooms you've got creepy pastas weaving in and out of things um or the way that people interact with them being a, a fanfic that is also vying to be canon in weird ways um i i think that 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 spirit's alive and well but in ways that like ultimately just kind of turn things into a misshapen blob that you have to kind of chop the edges off yourself and saying, well, this is what the backrooms is to me. Yeah. Um, and like, I, I enjoy the way that like the SCP wiki has kind of evolved in that regard where it has kind of like splintered off into like, okay, here are all of like different individual writers, like canons and like, here are, like the SCPs and like the stories that are important to that specific canon. And like, here's what's going on within that canon. And like, you can kind of just like throw out everything else if you're not interested in it. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. I, I think that also part of it for me is that a lot of these series that do have these connections are a lot less, less args to me and more web series yeah. with a wiki. And I know that, it's a sliding scale of where you want to call any of those things. Um, for me, I haven't seen not, not to be like a no true Scotsman about this, but like, I haven't seen a, like an arg arg really embrace that kind of collective, uh, collective shared universe in a way that you can with something like a YouTube channel back in the day where I'm uploading my videos, but you know what I, or, you know, you're uploading your videos, but I also have a camera and I can do some special effects stuff and I'm going to start doing it too. The, and, 
The only example I can think of, which I we are going to do an episode on soon, I'm, I'm manifesting this out into the world because I literally need to make a group chat like tonight so that we can schedule this, uh, <laughs> is Skytech, uh, which I played, and that was fucking nuts. Um, <laughs> because Sky Skytech was very much like the game runners would encourage the people playing the game to like make up lore for the universe and like make up NPCs. There was like <laughs> there was one point during the game where I like lied to a character and was like, oh I know a guy who could get this done and the GMs who are like friends of mine basically turned to me and were like, prove it. <laughs> make up the guy. <laughs> Oh, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, I I think, though, that that comes from, like, tabletop-oriented people running ARGs. Mm-hmm. I would agree like, with that, yeah. Yeah, like, I think that that is sort of the tabletop designer instinct to be like, oh, you want to, like, say that there's an NPC that exists in this world? Great, like, make up the NPC. Like, that's yeah, your guy up a guy is Making up a guy is what we do, so yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, oh, do you, like, do you want to make up this, like, piece of lore? Uh, because it's, like, important to who you are in the world of this ARG? Great, like, don't ask us. Like, just do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I... I think that kind of collaboration is interesting. I haven't I haven't seen it a lot in in arcs that I've played or uh, that we've really covered too deep. But I think that's interesting. I yeah I I agree that's interesting and it is like definitely something that I would be interested to see more of of like as a kind of like shared universe creation type thing that isn't like oh these like this guy cameoed in the background of another video for like five seconds what does it mm -hmm. mean <laughs> yeah there's would you say there's been a shift in i think the problem is i don't play in many modern args so i can't really speak <laughs> to how uh how the thing has shifted so for me i'm just like yeah args nowadays seem like they're more based off of movies from 2008 um it just means that we just covered <laughs> hellboy you know um have you seen a shift in the way that args kind of get created or how because i think that there there is a good chunk of time where all the biggest most well-known ones are you know here's our slenderverse here's our you know youtube channel based args and we still get those and web series based ones um would you say that there's been like a shift in the way that that's happened over the years that that's where you see more of stuff and now it's kind of shifting back away from youtube as youtube becomes kind of less of a platform for that kind of video does this make sense as a question i'm kind of rambling i yeah I, I i kind of think you're right like youtube is still pretty big in the in the space but like i think that there has definitely been a shift back towards like websites and like other like kind of like static pages on the web for people to explore um but I I also think that there's been a shift towards like Discord and TikTok as well, mm -hmm. and just like putting args in kind of like smaller like more niche areas. It is huh. it is interesting. That's also like, tough because it makes it harder to find too. I would assume if one of the one of the things that's neat about 
older school ARGs and with what we were talking about with um, archival before, if you've got your stuff listed on your own website, if I search for it, I can find it. Uh-huh. That's not necessarily as true with a Google Drive, uh, a Google Drive or a Discord server, you know? Yeah, I agree. And like, I th- I think that like the, the kind of like our culture, quote unquote, on YouTube has shifted more towards like making short films and like analog hard stuff that is just like short episodes of, of scary stuff. Um, whereas like a lot of the ARG stuff has shifted towards, you know, like Discord, which has more interactability and like kind of like immediate like feedback from people and like TikTok, which I would say has almost a lower barrier to entry than YouTube. Okay. And, and like sort of encourages you to make your updates a little bit like more bite-sized and like not technically perfect in the way that like analog horror and slenderverse stuff was sure i could see that mm-hmm. hmm. much to think about i don't really have anything to, to say about that but it's interesting <laughs> it is it is interesting well uh springboarding off of that um iris persephone wrote in and says I noticed there aren't a lot of args that seem to take place on Tumblr, which I personally feel like is wasted potential. Do you guys have any theories on why Tumblr isn't used much for args? I agree that it's wasted potential. And I think that is like entirely because of like the way that like, like post visibility is on Tumblr versus Twitter. Cause it's not like chronological. It's just a, Tumblr's kind of like a soup. Yeah. Well, also, because, like, Tumblr... So, Tumblr technically does have a For You tab, but nobody uses it. Right. And so, like, they they can, like, put posts in front of you, or you can, like, blaze a post or whatever. But, like, the culture on Tumblr is just to ignore that shit and, like, look at what your friends are posting. And there are, mm-hmm. like, a ton of accessibility tools even, like, built into the site itself that will let you ignore that shit. Whereas Twitter is like, oh, your friend liked this tweet. Do you, did you want to see it, like, 500 times on, <laughs> on your timeline? <laughs> yeah, if you want a thing to get discovered, Tumblr seems like a terrible place to go for it. Oh, yeah. And, like, it's it's also, like, easier to set up a bot that, like, reads like your Twitter and will just like post in a discord channel with your Twitter updates and stuff like that. And like, probably not anymore now that they're, well, yeah, not anymore, but But, yeah, sorry (laughs) not to interrupt, but like, I don't know. There have been some good args on Tumblr. I think that people should do more of them. There's like interesting and cool stuff that you can do with a Tumblr page. You can password lock them you can hide secret pages like on the blog. Um, huh. You can have like private posts and shit. You can backdate posts on Tumblr, which I have done for our shit before. Like there's a way to like get into the post options and backdate it to like whatever date you want. Um, you can like schedule regular posts. It is interesting, actually, that, like, there haven't been more Tumblr args because, like, it has so much more, like, weird functionality than Twitter, I think. Yeah, that... I hadn't given thought to all the different tools that Tumblr has, but, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Maybe I'll run another Tumblr arg. 
Well, <laughs> good news. I got a bonus question for you. If you had to make an arc for Tumblr, what would it be? Unhinged mm. answers are welcome. Um, I did one, actually. It was for a class assignment in high school uh, where it was like our final for my creative writing class. And our teacher was like leaving at the end of the year <laughs> just <laughs> to like go teach somewhere else. And our final was basically him just going like, I don't. I don't fucking care. Just like tell a story somehow. <laughs> uh, and I wrote a arg on Tumblr that was about a bunch of like teens with superpowers who were like clones or genetic experiments or something like trying to escape the uh, the lab that they were locked in. Um, okay. And a bunch of my friends played it and I just like wrote a paper on it like haha yeah I, re I read this horror arg and people got upset when like bad things happened to the teens in my horror arg <laughs> <laughs> uh but it was, it was really fun it only ran for like i don't know probably like a couple weeks because it was just like a class assignment um and i'm not gonna tell anybody what the url is but it's probably still out there i don't think i ever like deleted the blog or anything <laughs> <laughs> Well, hell yeah. Next arg is find Marg, find, find Marg's old arg. God. I also, so I, I, I also did another one for a roleplay group that I was in that I never finished, but I think the blog for that still exists as well. Um, but a lot of that was like, they, oh, you know what? I did a third Tumblr arg, but I don't think I, I, I think I did delete the <laughs> blog for that one. I did a lot of like arg shit on tumblr i i went through a okay. real phase the thing is that there are a lot of tum there have been a lot of t uh tumblr args martin's just martin's just hogging them all uh <laughs> so no one's allowed to do them anymore my the thing is that like my favorite format for a tumblr arg which i've done a couple times now it's like you just open the ask box and you have people sending in commands as though they were like doing a computer terminal oh cool you're just doing yeah. a homestuck yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, well, so, like, I did one um, that was just, like, again, like, a story about, like, a like an underground research facility or some shit. And, like, people could set in commands and get, like, pro and, like, pull up profiles on, like, the doctors that work there. And, like, it was implied to be, like, an abandoned facility. And, like, as they were pulling up the profiles and, like, incident reports and stuff, they would, like, slowly kind of piecing together the story about like why it was abandoned and like what had happened to all the people who worked there. Um, and I, and I, and I think it's, it's cool for stuff like that. Cause you have again, like the ask box where people can like directly send in stuff. That's cool. That's a, that's a neat way to run things. Yeah. Well, hell yeah. Yeah. More uh, people, more people should do Tumblr eggs. My, my thing is I just don't feel like I'm a, a culture fit on Tumblr. I, I, I think never... that's fair. I never got the, I, I can't never quite get the vibe of Tumblr in a way that I feel like I can on Twitter. Twitter I get, it's the muck. I like the muck. <laughs> Tumblr's like, look at us, we're the muck. And I'm like, y'all aren't the muck. Y'all are, you're muddy and gross, but you're not the muck. There's a difference. <laughs> I don't know. There's something about it. Yeah, no, I, I agree. <laughs> but I, but I like Tumblr because it's, it's weird and unknowable. <laughs> uh-huh <laughs> my problem is i like to know things i don't yeah. like being i don't like being unknowable is the thing 
that and you were you were once like uh no tumblr's great unless you're trying to like sell content to yeah, yeah, community. exactly. People on Tumblr hate being advertised to is the thing, which I say all this, which I say all the time in our like moonshot meetings for like social media strategy and shit. Like, if people on Tumblr even get a whiff that you're trying to advertise to them in like a way that's anything less than like a hundred percent sincere of like this is my project that I've been working on for seven years. And yeah. like, these are my beloved original characters. Like they will take you behind the McDonald's and beat your ass to a pulp. <laughs> yeah. I'm never letting anyone blaze another post on Tumblr. Cause nobody wants to see a post blazed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, but Mar and I sell content to the community. I don't know what to tell you. Like I, no, no one likes it on uh twitter either but at least they don't label you as the enemy yeah <laughs> uh speaking of more args piper writes in and says will you ever run out of args to cover probably not there's a lot of them yeah there's a lot of them again every year i'm like oh this is the year that we ran out and we don't somehow <laughs> so we'll <laughs> we'll see what happens going into year four <laughs> and we still have some bangers we haven't looked at yet so oh, uh yeah. year zero look forward to year four yeah <laughs> Uh, well, speaking out of uh, not running out of args and more args being made, uh, Rowan Bird Guy writes in and says, what kind of factors do you think would make companies start doing wild, big budget args again? Do you think that moment is past never to return? Oh, God. I, I go ahead. I feel like it's past. I also think it's past. I think that a wild, super big budget ARG we're not going to see again mm-hmm. um, because any, any kind of engagement that the companies that have money to do those kind of ARGs, any, any, anything that they would want to have gotten out of an ARG in the past, they now get out of just social media interaction mm-hmm. and um, regular posting. And I, I don't think that they're going to take that extra step into the future. I think uh, I, we proposed that, the uh, the the 2008 financial crisis killed it. I think that social media nailed the coffin shut. Yeah, no, I I agree. And again, like we've talked about, like video games are the industry that is like basically still hanging on to args as like an advertisement thing. And I I think that it's probably gonna stay that way because they already know basically that like they have a player base and like there are people interested in playing games related to the property that they're trying to sell and so it's not really a risk for them to do it like i i literally just saw on twitter like there's some kind of like resident evil arg happening or like arg adjacent thing happening and it's like well of course people love resident evil Mm -hmm. well and i see uh you know, friend of the show, uh, Michael Anderson posting occasionally that like, Hey, went to this, you know, TV show Mm -hmm. engagement or, um, activations, what they're called. Um, and like some of those, those are interactive elements that want to do a more direct interactive influencer style marketing campaign. Uh, but those are much smaller and don't seem to ever have the same kind of longevity to them or, um, you know, real growth moving forward. I, I don't think that the the budget is not going to be there into the future. I don't think we'll ever see, knock on wood, uh, feel free to prove me wrong, Honda, and send me one, but I don't think we'll ever see an ARG give out a car again, you know? 
Yeah, and like I, I, I think that the only like TV shows and shit that are like going to dedicate themselves to doing ARG stuff like consistently and not just like for like some kind of like Comic Con promotion are like shows that are already built around ARG shit like Mr. Robot and Westworld. Yeah. And it's like they they really have to justify it, it feels like. Mm-hmm. The only other thing that we get, we get some like swings that smaller companies do. I could see like I could see Dropout doing a doing an ARG and not really caring about the profit margin on it. But I do think that like they know that it's a problem to do it, you know, or a mistake Man. to do it like they should though. I would love that. Hey, hey, uh, dropout! If you're yes. looking for someone to run an ARG for a, a limited budget, uh, you have our email. <laughs> it's in our Twitter bio. I, hey, I, I, hello, Mister Sam Reich, <laughs> or your evil twin. <laughs> I know that you know what an ARG is because I saw a screen cap of you talking about them in the Dropout <laughs> Discord server, which Michael I refused I- to join. <laughs> Michael Anderson, you talked about it. I saw you tweeting. Hook us up. <laughs> I, I like there are there are some companies that I could see doing, uh, but I, I the all of the ARGs that I could see them doing are uh, you're knocking a zero or two off the end of the budget that you would see on a couple of those old ad campaigns back in the day. Mm-hmm. And I do, I'll, I'll hold to the fact that the only reason that those companies did those ARGs in the first place was because they wanted to win an award, not because they wanted to advertise. Um, because there's no return on investment for the advertisement. Nowadays, that's just not what anyone's looking for. And I don't, I don't see that returning in such a, I don't know, such an online culture. You get those kind of engagements through TikTok, through uh, through tweets, through you know posts on Instagram, I don't see the need to jump to the next level for pennies. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I agree. It's a shame, but I think that's the math. I think 2008 killed it. I think, I think, I think social media nailed the coffin shut. And it's sad. Yeah, it really is. I, yeah, I wish that. I wish that companies would take more of a chance on uh, weird advertising. Yeah. Nowadays, I think that they take that budget and they just say, you know, we got OK Go to do a music video featuring our car. Yeah. Or it's like weird advertising that's just like, oh, we made like a flavor of Pepsi that tastes like mountain dew <laughs> like you know <laughs> i think that's just called mountain dew mark but like you know what i mean though it's just like exa- oh, we, t- exactly we took this mean. thing and we made it weird spend your money on it <laughs> yeah the 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 advertising metagame has shifted to a company nonchalantly doing something weird because they know that their press releases to media outlets will get media outlets to say huh yeah and so that becomes the backbone of their marketing scheme for the next six weeks. Yeah. And it's like, you could also make them do that if you ran an elaborate ARG. Yeah. If you if you set up a labyrinth in Barcelona and made people go run through it, you would also get people to go, is, you know, who's going to run the next ARG? Oh, God. 
It's going to be like Mr. Beast. Oh, man. I I don't like that you're probably correct. We're we're going to get that. I think that we're going to get someone that is involved in the money meta of YouTube mm-hmm. who puts together some big storyline content, except it'll be through like the Mr. Beast channel instead of um, it, it won't be horror. It'll be. I bury. I mean, he literally did do I buried treasure on an island, but like, was that him or was that a different one? They blend together. But like, I think we're going to get something like that. The next big budget project like this, that is going to be a higher production value than anything we've seen so far is going to be someone like Mr. Beast putting together a fancy mystery island that you can go solve because they worked with a person that does escape rooms to make something big and unique. Yeah. Well, Matt Pat already did an ARG, but... Well, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> you know, he's like the fucking puzzle guy. He doesn't count. <laughs> he doesn't count. Yeah, it doesn't count if, uh, if like, Nightmind does an ARG. That doesn't count. I, I'm talking, we gotta get Jimmy Beast to say, <laughs> I let loose a thousand Beast. orphans on an island to get my, <laughs> to get my secret treasure. Oh... This week's sponsors, Raytheon. Have you um, watched that uh, Eddie Burback video on Mr. Beast Burger that just came out? I'm um, aware this is like a wild digression, but I, I watched yeah. it last night and I've been thinking about it ever since. About ghost kitchens? Yeah. Yeah, I watched that and I, I watched the thing a little while ago about uh, just like the Mr. Beastification of YouTube and how there's a bunch of like Mr. Beast copycats that are fucking weird. Yeah. What a time. What a time to be alive, Andrew. On that depressing note, Marn. Yeah. Dead drops always go wrong. How would you solve dead drops? Nico writes this one in. <sighs> Didn't we talk about this like fairly recently? I feel like probably. I don't remember any podcast I've ever recorded. Yeah, I, same. I, I, I just feel like there was a episode that we did recently where they were like, "Oh, they solved how to do a dead drop," and I don't remember what it is. <laughs> listeners go back through our archives and figure out how we said that we would fix dead drops before Uh, my answer today is um put an apple air tag on it and then make the players download find my iphone oh actually i think that you could do some kind of neat like gps event where finding the thing is the solution to the puzzle so that because in so many cases you get like a puzzle has a dual layer of solve the thing to figure out where the thing is and then mm-hmm. find it. And I think that if you get rid of that gap in the middle, which is hard because find a thing is a hard like puzzle to give someone. Um, but if you cut out the middleman, you have a much higher chance of success, I think, because you are not trying to make them solve two puzzles at once of like get to a place, find a thing. You are just saying, go find the key in such and such place. Yeah, I, yeah, I think you're right that like, in order to sort of make it foolproof, it would have to be something like geocaching where you like put down the exact coordinates. I actually had an idea for an ARG a little while ago. Um, yeah. That I think it was pre-pandemic even. Um, That was literally just like the dead drops or geocaches, like bury a box in the woods and make people go to the woods for it. Because, <laughs> like, nobody's gonna... 
nobody's gonna like take that. <laughs> uh huh. And you I just think- you just like note down the coordinates and you use some of the coordinates. Yeah, I think you can also be like very explicit and being like, "We're playing hot and cold." Yeah. Someone's gonna be standing by with a walkie-talkie, and they're gonna message down to your walkie-talkie and say, "Warmer, warmer, colder, warmer, warmer." I think I don't know. Dead drops. I will say, Marn, we've mm-hmm. been a little too hard on dead drops. They're not as bad as we've memified them out to be. Um, I don't think they are as dead as we give them credit for. But I do think that like those are some solutions that can be made for them to help playerify them. Yeah, I, I, I kind of agree. I think that, like, we have been harsh on them, but it's it's just because, like, it is very easy for, like, when you take a online thing, like, totally offline and, like, try to do an entirely in-person event, like, it's, it's very easy for that to break bad. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, that that is kind of a very easy thing to poke fun at. But yeah, I, I I think you're right, and like kind of the one of the solutions is literally just like have someone be there and kind of like nudge people in the right direction. Because like when we when we did HVZ and we did like scavenger hunt stuff, that was literally what we would do is like just have a moderator follow the players around <laughs> and <laughs> and like if they were getting too far away from like where they were supposed to be like figure out like an in-character way to just like nudge them back to where they needed to be. Yeah. Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense. All right. And then Marn, I got a question for you. Uh Uh-huh. The most important question of the episode. Yes. This one comes in from our good friend. We are Alexandra. What's been your favorite arc from the past year? Well, we have made a bracket. <laughs> uh, Mar, are you ready for some Marg Chimadness? Oh, I'm so ready. <laughs> we will post our uh, we'll post our our bracket uh, in uh, probably in our Discord somewhere if people want to fill it out themselves or follow along. How did you do the seating for this episode, Marn? Uh, I. Don't remember how I did it last time, but I literally just matched up args that have a similar premise to each other, or are like, <laughs> or are like, for, or kind of like share something in common. Um, ah, perfect. Because I thought that it would be interesting for those to be the first head to heads. <laughs> well, awesome. Uh, in that case, what do you say we get right to it? Yeah, let's do it. All right, your first matchup, you've put Hellboy 2 versus Scream 2022. Uh-huh. I assume ARGs that were sequels to old franchises? Yeah, and just like, they're they're the only two film ARGs that we did this year. Oh, yeah, you're right, aren't you? Yep. Huh. I, I'm worried that it's a little bit of recency bias on my end, because I definitely remember Hellboy 2 more than I remember Scream 2 uh, 2022. But I remember really liking Scream 2022. Maybe it's just that I liked the movie. <laughs> yeah, I think maybe you just liked the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, go ahead. I, I feel like Hellboy 2 had like more interesting stuff to say about like the universe that the movie takes place in. Like I, I did really like a lot of the lore in that arg. 
and Scream 2022 was just kind of like, hey, these teenagers who don't appear on screen in the movie are going to get killed. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that what you want, though? Yeah. Uh, No, I I do think, yeah, Hellboy 2, there's a lot more. um, There's cool YouTube videos. Guillermo del Toro's there. Um, We get online groups. We get activist groups. There's just there's a lot more action going on in that one than Scream. Scream 2022 is just kind of. Hey, do you all remember the old Scream movies? We'll tell yeah. you the backstory. <laughs> hey, do you remember Scream? You know Ghostface? <laughs> He's here. Yeah, I think Hellboy 2. I think I think the uh the the devi- the missing device, the lost device. What's the name of it? The secret device. Yeah, the secret device. The secret device. I think the secret device has to move on here. Yeah. All right. And then you've got your sci-fi stories with weird loops involved entropy versus cyrano story yes so entropy for people who don't remember we do so we just we just recently did entropy was the one with the uh like computer ai that like had all of the like souls of the dead crew members inside of it yes um and cyrano story was the the moods of madness uh arg that was like eldritch horror um about like a a ship traveling to like the moons of mars and like stuff was going bad (laughs) there were you sound so enthused but i do think that i liked cyrano story a lot more than i like i I agree i'm just struggling to summarize it (laughs) (laughs) uh cyrano story we had those really cool um I don't know. Ent- Entropy fell into the trap for me of being too um, confusing, lore heavy. Yes, Entropy I agree. F- it feels like season six of Lost, mm-hmm. whereas Cyrano story. Uh, I liked the um, the 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 logs that the player was that the character was yeah, leaving for themselves. I agree. The kind of slow descent into into madness. I know that they were doing a like Lovecraftian sci-fi story, so it was kind of like oh, the story writes itself. Um, but I did like their execution on it. Yeah, I, I agree. And like, it it didn't really feel the need to bog itself down with lore. It was like, well, there's those creepy guys here and they really just got in and got out on that one. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? I, I appreciate getting in and getting out. I think Cyrano story has to move on. My, uh, my mom told me that she also really liked our Cyrano story episode. So there oh, you good. go. <laughs> well, hell yeah. Hey, mom. <laughs> Also, Cyrano's story had a creepy demon that had a, a, a really creepy voice. I remember that. I liked that. Yeah, yeah. Cyrano's story had good, had great voice acting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, next up, you've got here the number five seed Crystor versus the number twelve Flavor Town Saga. I think I'm gonna let the Crystor Discord down one last time. <laughs> I think I liked Flavor Town more. I. This is actually really hard because I I liked both of these a lot. Um, And I I think they share a similar sense of whimsy, which is why I paired them together. Uh Uh, And, oh, I think I also agree that it's Flavortown Saga, though. (laughs) I I think that they share a similar style of whimsy, but it's a style of whimsy that I liked more in Flavortown than I did with Crystor. I think that Flavortown felt a little more grounded and felt a little bit, it sounds weird to say about the evil. (laughs) 
uh, the evil Guy Fieri ARG. But like, I I just think that it was a little bit more. It had more I could bite into. Cry Store uh, was very loose with it in a way that is kind of airy and fun, but also just doesn't give me anything to bite into. Yeah, I I agree. Like, I think that the the whole thing with Cry Store is that like it's well it's still going and like it's very like sprawling and there's a lot of like characters and different storylines and like you will inevitably like find something that you vibe with and you're like oh that's really fun like that's something that i'm interested in like seeing explored but like flavortown is ultimately a very tight story that really only has a couple characters and like knows what it wants to say about those characters weirdly yeah. enough <laughs> no i i completely agree i i feel like um christor and that whole the whole christor ethos kind of and like that whole I, I hate saying like that whole community boils down to something because i don't want to speak of like a whole community of people but the yeah. the the vibes of christor and other uh is it jeff hall is that his name so Christor is explicitly not like Jeff Hall's project and they have kind but of like divorced themselves. it's the fan themselves. community, but right? But yeah, it's it's the fan community that grew from that and like kind of the the ethos that sort of grew from that, yeah. Right. I think that the vibe of I guess th- that group is what I have to say for lack of a better term, but just uh-huh. the, the 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 community that's built up around Hall and his work is kind of like there's a little like airiness and whimsiness to it in a way that I, I, I bounce off of really hard. Um, and, and that, you know, I think flavor town just works more for me. Yeah. No. Yeah. And, and, and like the weirdly, I, I think it's because flavor town does more with less. Like, yeah, I agree. They have 100%. their thing and they're like, okay, we're going to iterate on this one thing. Yeah. I, yeah. All right, uh, moving on, we've got I Am Sophie versus Find 815. Now, Find 815 is about the guy trying to find his wife, so he gets on a boat, right? Sorry, yes. not his wife, his, his his girlfriend he was about to propose to. Yeah. Okay. I, d- I don't really have a strong connection between these two. They both have plane crashes in them. <laughs> <laughs> or do they, Marn? Or, or uh, do they? Um... I think I liked I Am Sophie more. Interesting. I I I don't know. And maybe this is just a because of the nature of how we record these episodes, Find Date 15 becomes a story that you tell me while I Am Sophie is a web series that I watched. Um mm, okay. And and so I think that I just have a stronger connection to I Am Sophie even if like the stuff didn't all really come together super well. I, I it kind of had a bad ending, um, and it like there's a lot of promise in the early half that really doesn't get delivered on through character moments ca- carrying through or you know anything related. But like, can you really hold that against Lost? <laughs> yeah i I think I think you're right. I think I have Sophie definitely made more of an impression on me. Yeah, I think that's just where I am too. It yeah. doesn't. I, it doesn't help, uh, and it, partially because of our coverage, partially just because of the uh, the 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 coverage. That when I look at Find Eight Fifteen and I look at the Lost Experience, I have to sit and think and try to remember which one is which. Um, and yeah. I think that that's because they don't really stand out too much to me, as much yeah, as I no, loved I'm, Lost I'm with as a you. Kid. 
So I, I'm I'm voting for Sophie to move forward. How are you feeling here? Yeah, I think I, I, I think I agree with you. I think I'm I'm with Sophie. All right. Well, sorry, Lost. Uh <laughs> next up we've got the Lost Experience versus Find the Lost Ring. Speaking of Lost, uh Yeah. <laughs> this is hard. I'm, I'm I'm gonna be honest, I'm kinda low on both of these. I I would say that I kind of like them equally. Like there's stuff about the lost experience that really sticks out to me as opposed to Fine 815. Like the uh, fucking like weird uh, like corporate sponsorship deals and like the guy who talks to dogs. Yeah. Shit. Okay. Never mind. I forgot about those. I, yes, I'm, I'm back on board. Hello, the lost experience. <laughs> I'm sure season six won't go terribly. And like the fake candy bar sponsorship shit and the fact that they like <laughs> published an entire book for it. Yeah, I okay. I don't know how I forgot all of these. Um yes, the lost experience is my sleeper pick of the year. Um Did we hey, did we talk about sorry, I'm on the Wikipedia page for the Lost Experience. Did we talk about the fact that within the alternate reality of the game itself, Lost is considered to be a fictional TV show based on real events and organizations. What? I mean, I, I guess it has to be if that's what you're going to like, if you're going to propose that Oceanics in the real world. I, I, I talked about this a little bit on the latest, the podcast minus. Uh-huh. I hate like, ah, but what does this mean for the canon? I, I hate those kind of arguments, but I agree. I guess that makes like that's what it has to be if that's what you're going to propose. Like if you're going to publish a book that says there's an actual organization called the Hanzo organization, like that that's where you have to go from there, right? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I just don't I think, remember if that came up while we were covering the arg. <laughs> I don't know if it did. Um I think that Find the Lost Ring was it took a lot of interesting ideas like once I understood what it was going for with the labyrinth, I thought it was neat. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I liked I liked some of what it had going on, but I think that overall, I just wasn't super into it. I liked the the prizes that they gave out to players, uh, but the story itself just was not super compelling to me, and uh, wasn't really wasn't really one that I was like super into. So I, I think I, I came into this saying I didn't care much for the lost experience or find the lost ring. You reminded <laughs> me that I did actually care for the lost experience. And so that's where I'm voting. How are you feeling? Yeah, I, I think I'm with you. Find, find the lost ring definitely like grew on me. It was, it was kind of one of those long ones that like, as we got really into the muck of it, I was like, Oh, okay. I like, I I'm vibing with this now. Um, but I definitely liked the lost experience more. I I feel like it just has more stuff that like stands out to me. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, well then yeah, let's move that one on. Hell yeah. Alright, last but not least, we've got Old Root versus Casey's mod. Mm-hmm. Marn, I've got a confession to make. I, I was not on the Old Root episode, and I did not listen to it. I completely understand. It's a Minecraft arg, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of heard the phrase Minecraft arg, and my brain turned off, so. It was it was like a Minecraft arg that was like a very early, like, Alex Bale project um, that 
like was never solved because like a bunch of stuff related to it is on like old servers that don't exist anymore. Gotcha. Um, and Alex Bale like made a post that was like, Hey, I'm pretty sure that like nobody is ever going to solve this, even though it does have like an ending that you can get to without asking me for help. So, uh, good luck, everybody. (laughs) He's going to turn into a a lost media YouTuber about his own ARG project. Yeah. (laughs) All right. And then what did you think of Casey's mod? It was fine. That was like the, that was the discord one. Uh, Yes. That was made to promote the mod getting added on. Yes. And like the... Wasn't it fan made, even though it also tied into the trailer or something? Um, I think it was like it was made by like the Discord mods with like the permission of Daniel Mullins, if I'm remembering correctly. Right. Okay. I remember I remember the puzzles not being as interesting in this one, and I think that they all just kind of got brute forced in the end, if I remember right. Yeah. And um they did. <laughs> I <laughs> I remember I remember hearing this arg and thinking, well, this one wasn't quite as fun as the inscription one. So I'm willing to give it up to you. What do you think should win here? I I fe- I almost feel like Casey's mod should win if only because it had like an actual like beginning and end point and puzzles. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. As opposed to just being like, whoa, there's scary <laughs> stuff happening in Minecraft. <laughs> <laughs> wow, there's an unsolved Minecraft server somewhere out there. No, yeah. I think that I think that makes sense. I think I think Casey's mod probably wins there. Yeah. Well good. And the better point of that winning is that I can talk about the future. Oh boy. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're off to round two. Boy, this goes quicker than any champs in the making I've ever been on. Uh, it helps when there are only two of us. Yeah, for real. <laughs> uh, Hellboy 2 or Cyrano Story? Ooh. This is this is when we get into the tricky, the tricky question of Hellboy 2 has a lot more going on than Cyrano Story. Yeah. It is also an ARG made by a major film distributor. Yeah. To to promote a movie, whereas the other one is an indie ARG made to promote an indie video game. Well, it was Allison Smith, which isn't like totally indie. Oh yeah, but it's not it's not it's not Hellboy it, yes, 2. Okay, it's yes, not it's triple not Hellboy A. 2. You're right. <laughs> um and but you're yet- right, you're right. It is Allison Smith. I shouldn't uh <laughs> I shouldn't be like, this is one dev in their garage putting together. <laughs> You're right about that. Oh, man. And yet, I I do I do feel more strongly about Hellboy 2, I think. I, I think I do, too. I just worry that it's because of recency bias and because I watched Guillermo del Toro in the Oscars the other night. <laughs> I, it might be recency bias. I also just, like, enjoy the genre of Hellboy stuff more than I, like, sci-fi horror (laughs) no i'm i'm right there with you and it's end of the day it's very fun watching those marines uh trek through the woods and Mm -hmm. capture cats (laughs) it's way more fun to listen to that than it is to uh 
to get into uh there's a demon on the mars so yeah i think hellboy 2 picks this one up nice well hell yeah flavor town versus i am sophie Ooh. i i i like a lot of what i am sophie has going on i think flavor town wins though i agree I, I think Flavortown wins by having a specificity in what it is going for, and then it sticks to its guns and commits. Whereas yes. I Am Sophie never quite does. Yeah, I uh, I agree. I think that Flavortown is definitely more committed to like following through on its weirdness and like knowing what it wants to say and actually getting there and like wapping it up in a way that feels good. Yeah. And like I, agree. I, I know that they did start doing a sequel, but like but you know, still. Yeah, it it's still wrapped up the first time though. It's not a we're doing a sequel because we never finished the first time. Yeah. And like there was sort of a like a genuine emotional connection made with the players by the end of that. Yeah, I agree. I think I Am Sophie is like two really good YouTube videos and an ARG supporting them. But I don't think it ever quite raises anywhere. And it just completely falls on his face by the end and loses any momentum or meaning or idea by the end. Yeah, I agree. All right. And then the the third one here, we don't really have to talk about this too much. Lost Experience just crushes Casey's mind. Yeah, right? Lost Experience. <laughs> Yeah, Casey's mod kind of went on by just a matter of someone had to win, but Lost Experience, there's a lot more to it. So the way this is structured, (laughs) because we had 12 ARGs, I think Lost Experience gets a buy into the finals, (laughs) 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 which makes sense to me. Which Lost Experience, Flavortown, or Hell? Well, I feel like if I ask which one do you feel should get a buy to the finals, it just kind of gives away which one we won overall. Um you know what? I'm good at giving Lost Experience a buy just by how the bracket's set up. That's, that yeah, feels fine. Yeah. Or actually, you know, which of these was the highest seed going in? Uh, Hel- Technically Hellboy 2. Okay, well. <laughs> let's give Lost Experience the buy. Okay. I like Hellboy it. Hellboy versus Flavortown. Oh. I think. I think I prefer Flavortown. And I'll, I'll make my case. I think that uh, much like last year when we when last year's came down to kind of a similar idea in that we had um, we, we had to figure out, do we give it to a, an ARG that is like, uh, you know, big and has real developers behind it and is working really hard on this versus uh, a indie upstart coming to the throne and we ended up giving it to must love robots because they did more with less they worked more and executed harder than new newology network could with a a stronger pedigree behind it i think i'm willing to vote the same way here where i think that flavortown does more with less it doesn't have the backing of a major studio in fact it is aping the the look of a major studio in order to increase its own horror vibes um or just spooky unsettling vibes more than horror mm-hmm. uh, i think that they are they are they are making a case for uh let's create a weird world let's create weirdness out of the strange way that we all seem to revere guy fieri even though he's the weird food network guy with the flames on his shirt and i think that it executes well and turns some and makes something interesting out of it 
at the end of the day, Hellboy is a very interesting commercial for the movie Hellboy 2, the colon, the Golden Army. I 100% agree with you, yeah. Like, I, I I mean, we talked about, like, why does anyone do Tumblr args? And, like, we have talked about, like, corporate args and, like, them no longer wanting to take a chance on, like, doing something very, like, unique and strange. And I think that, like, Flavor Town is what I wish more modern args were like. <laughs> 100%. I'm right there with you. So and I think, I think that means... What's yeah. Up? So I think it's Flavor Town. Yeah, well, Flavor Town versus the Lost Experience. Ooh, I Lost Experience has so many weird. It's got a lot of weird guys. It's got a lot of interesting ideas. It 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 is unfortunately straddled to being the yeah. lore explainer for the Lost Universe, which is infinitely less interesting than being the lore explainer for the Flavor Town universe. There's a part yeah. of me that doesn't want to hold it accountable for that, but I think it has to. Yeah, I. It's tough because like, Lost Experience is absolutely one of one of those args that is like a product of its time. That's like, 100%. oh, you could have only gotten away with making this in like 2007 or like whatever the fuck it was. And, yeah, like, and well, and it it. it it could have only been made for Lost, too, you know? Mm-hmm. You couldn't have done this for, like, Ally McBeal, you know? Like, or whatever else was on TV in the similar time. Like, I don't think that should be held against it, though. If anything, they got the assignment of making an ARG for Lost, and they were like, great, this is exactly what Lost needs. It's the show of yeah. the summer. We're going to partner with Sprite and Jeep to make a fake you know, a fake air company with fake commercials. We're going to publish a book. Like we, we talk about how there are no ARGs this big anymore. And while I do like to support underdogs and say that like, you know, they don't have the means to do these cool things. They did. And they did, you mm-hmm. know, like there are so many args that do have those means and don't do anything cool. And to see them swing this hard is really cool. Yeah, no. So that's what I, that I, wants to I, teach his dog to talk. <laughs> I agree, and it this is this is tough because like the lost experience is a lot of like it encapsulates a lot of like what I miss from like old args, and Flavor Town encapsulates a lot of like what I love about current args. Yeah, no, I I a hundred percent get you. I think that for me. God, I was about to say it comes down to do I wish more args were like Lost Experience or like Flavortown. Yeah. And I think that maybe I'm a maximalist, but at the end of my day, if I I I if I was playing in an arg, I would want there to be things like the Lost Experience. I would want there to be bigger, brighter, budgetier. I I you know, I think that there's a uniqueness to that that kind of gets lost in a lot of new stuff and just the the fact that they they are able to there, there's a lot of like with with a lot of modern day arcs it kind of feels like at the end of the day we're just kind of pretending to play an arc or not yeah we're you know we're i'm logging on to tumblr and interacting with flavor town uh-huh the lost experience i'm turning on my tv and watching a commercial i'm going to a bookstore and finding a book i think the lost experience is emblematic of what I want ARGs to be, Flavortown is more emblematic of what a lot of ARGs are. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I think you're right. And like, I wish that pe- like more people doing ARGs still had the budget to like, or like the corporate sponsorship to make like the wild shit, like the lost experience. Yeah, 100%. And like, fl- and, like Flavortown feels like a very good attempt at that, that like does not quite capture the magic all the same. Yeah, and I I do feel bad saying like, well, the last experience should win because they had a lot of money that the Flavor Town devs just didn't. Yeah, 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 exactly. At the end of the day, I do kind of think that the Flavor Lost experience should win because they had a lot of money that Flavor Town did. Yeah, no, I'm um, with you. <laughs> I I I think that. And and also with all that we've been talking, if we don't give an arg like the lost experience the win now, when will we? Because <laughs> yeah. they're not happening ever again. <laughs> no, I I yes, absolutely, you're right. I think it sounds like we're in agreement. Then I think that we are giving the official 2022 argy to the lost experience. Yes. Yeah. Well, congratulations, Lost, to finally being relevant one more time. It's 2023. <laughs> we can finally put the show to bed. Marn, do you have any recommendations before we uh, get out of here for the year? I do, man. It's uh, it's It's been some time since we've done recommendations. <laughs> <laughs> what are you feeling? Uh, my, my recommendation is a show that actually just wrapped up. You can watch all 10 episodes of it right now. Uh, it is Poker Face, uh, Ryan, uh, Ryan Johnson's mystery show starring Natasha Leone on, uh, on Peacock. I, I've heard good things about it. Is it, is it just Columba with Natasha Leone? So yes, there, so there is an overarching plot. Like the overarching plot is that like she, Natasha Leone's character is like kind of jumping from place to place around the United States. Cause she is like being, pursued by um like a casino boss who is like sort of involved in organized crime because uh she sort of like gets herself a little bit in the shit with him um and as she is like on the run from this guy's goons she is like sort of like trying to go off the grid and like hopping from job to job and like place to place and um Every, every place she, like, goes to get a new job, she, like, a, a murder happens. And, like, she kind of gets sucked into solving this murder. Um, and part of the premise is that, like, she can detect when someone is telling a lie. Um, okay. Like, she she can just read it in people's, like, body language and, like, their voice. Uh, and it's really interesting to kind of, like, see how ryan johnson writes around that superpower that his main character has and like creates situations where she doesn't actually have all the information okay it's 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 very cool like he he kind of takes like a a superpower that you're like oh like she'll immediately solve the mystery obviously because like the person who is the murderer is like lying the whole time um and it and it is done in like Columbo style where you know who the murderer is like right off the bat uh before anybody else does um and then you kind of like get to see her interact with them uh and like the ways in which her lie detecting is kind of like imperfect and and sometimes doesn't catch on to it interesting it's it's, that sounds it's really very cool. cool it has like incredible casting 
like every single episode has insane guests, like an insane guest cast. Uh, there's uh, an episode that was on last week had a Joseph Gordon-Levitt as as like one of the main guys. Yeah, he puts him in everything, doesn't he? Yeah, he puts him in everything. Uh, <laughs> there is a great fucking episode about uh, a bunch of like special effects artists who like came up together in the business in like the seventies and eighties, and now like fucking hate each other. <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, John Darnell from the Mountain Goats plays a musician in one episode that's about like a metal band. Hell yeah. Yeah, it's great. Everybody, everybody go watch Poker Face. <laughs> I've I've heard nothing but good stuff about it. That sounds great. Yeah, Natasha Leone's great in it. She she kills it. Is she ever not? That's true. She's <laughs> she's especially good as like the the Columbo archetype, who is like very good at quickly becoming friends with people and like who are murderers and who are sweating about it the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, cool. Yeah. Uh, my recommendation this week is uh, a band called Pool Kids, uh, mm. who's semi-recently put out a, a an album with that uh, that title, the same title, um, Pool Kids. They're a really cool um, rock band. I'm terrible at talking about music, but uh, their album is probably my favorite album that came out last year. Um, I recently got my copy in on vinyl and i don't think it's left my record player since it came in um they're just a really cool band that i'm really liking they uh i'm really bad at talking about music i'm just like yeah they play the guitar well uh their drummer is really good uh their bassist is awesome and then their vocals are also really good um so you know just like a really good musical experience um yeah you know they hit notes uh, they play, uh, they do some like harmonies and melodies that are cool. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I would recommend uh, Pool Kids if you can check them out. They are uh, a group that I'm really liking. Nice. I will check them out. I have opened their band camp in a new tab. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like uh, Pool Kids and then a band called Good Kid. Uh, a lot of kids making oh, good like music. I like Good Kid. They're good. Yeah, they they just put out their, uh, I've, I've been listening to their EP for feels like years now uh, and then they have it on vinyl so i have to have a copy oh, of that shit. too so i uh yeah a lot of a lot of kids on vinyl recently um <laughs> maybe maybe that's my real recommendation uh become an insufferable vinyl guy uh because oh, it really makes me like music more when i can feel it in my hands i said to blake recently that i think this is the year that i become an insufferable vinyl guy <laughs> <laughs> jory jory converted me and helped me get started so uh yeah if you if you want to become an insufferable vinyl guy who doesn't know how to talk about music uh hit me up and i'll tell oh, you how man. to make uh make noises that sound good come out of things the literally the one thing holding me back is that we don't have space in our apartment like where i could put a record player <laughs> yeah i'm i'm really lucky my apartment has a uh we're a we're a corner unit and we have uh, a weird yeah we've got a window that has like a deep windowsill that i can uh, set yep. it there um but if i didn't have that i would not have anywhere to put these mm -hmm. uh, one day one day when we move into a slightly bigger apartment <laughs> <laughs> with like a hundred more square feet <laughs> i uh 
I set up my uh, my record player and I was like, cool, now I can get like analog sound. And then I hooked my blue my thing up with Bluetooth to my speaker and I went, well, almost. Oh my um, God. <laughs> you know what? We're close enough. Yeah, close enough. You know. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for us, folks. So if you want to get a hold of us and start asking questions for the next time we do this, uh, you can reach us. We're on Twitter at Argonauts Pod. Otherwise, you can find us individually. I am at co-host Sherms. I am at Corpse Survivors. And we also have an email address that is argonautspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can reach out to us with uh, ARG recommendations so that we never run out. <laughs> you can also find me running the Champs of the Making polls over on Tumblr. Yeah, you've been running those for uh, a while doing the People's Choice over at, uh, is it just champsinthemaking.tumblr.com? Yeah, it's a uh, yeah, it's chance in the making We finally got polls, so I have I'm running back every single matchup from the original champs bracket, uh, and letting and letting the people correct our mistakes or make worse mistakes. <laughs> and it turns out we've been right every time, and everyone agrees with us. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, hell yeah. Uh, yeah, go give us a follow over there. I think we also have a Moonshot Network over on Tumblr. So if you're a Tumblr-y sort, we've talked about it a lot today. Go give us a follow. Yeah. And until next time, well, that's Args, baby. Hey gang, Andrew here. Listen, I don't have a full ad for this show because it's kind of a joke, but I did start a podcast where I'm recapping MILF Manor, the newest, hottest reality show on uh, the Learning Channel. It's a reality show where a bunch of MILFs arrive on an island and uh, they're supposed to date a bunch of other people, but it turns out the guys there are their kids. So naturally, I made a podcast about it with my mom. Come check us out. It's called Mild Mannered, and you can find it on the Moonshot Podcast Network.